Oh, God, boys. Oh, boy. Boy, Alberto. God. All right. It's about that time, you know? It's been a little bit. We took a little breather, if you will. Uh, but we're back. Uh, we're here at Jake's Place. This is What You Spinning, episode 52. As per usual, 52 also my favorite number, by the way. Shout out. Uh, as per usual, I am Dorian running the ship today. We've got Jacob to my left. How are you doing, boss man? Doing great. Hell yeah. What about you, Matt? I'm doing great. Hell yeah. Thank you. Y'all do anything cool this week or weekend? Got a fresh cut. You got a fresh haircut? Clean Hell cut. Yeah. Nice. You, you, you. That's you right. got, I cut my own hair. Yeah. Yeah. I did I did mine last weekend. Yeah. And then you got you got some good you got some good uh a couple of new vinyls and couple couple new schmackers. Things for the collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, why is uh, number fifty two your favorite number? What's the story there? Um see, I started playing football when I was in eighth grade and like I played line, so like, you know, wearing a cool number, like twelve or something wasn't really an option. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had, like, I, one weird thing from elementary school that always stuck with me was that there's always 52 weeks in a year. Okay. And so I was like, mm. 52. I also kind of like the way that looks. And so I grabbed that, and then the rest is history. And Interesting. Yeah. And then I also worked, or worked, uh, played for a school that was super fucking poor. And so we didn't have the same home or away jerseys because we did a fundraiser to get new home jerseys. So I got 52 then. And then the away jerseys were old as shit, and they didn't have 52. So I did 42, because that's the meaning of life, from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. And that was also my basketball number. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, random. Wow. They look similar, too, the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I noticed you fucking... Yeah, I was trying to do something weird with it. <laughs> trying to do something weird. Uh, interesting little segment, deep dive, deep dive into myself. Dude, you have, uh, do you wear those one-bar helmets? No, I'm 26. Man. I'm not 85. <laughs> Jesus you Christ. You think I'm fucking helmet. Fred Bolitnikoff or something? Yes. <laughs> it's just a one-bar kicker helmet? Yeah. No, that's always... But speaking of that, anytime, uh, you know, like NFL free agency or something, anytime someone gets fleeced in a trade, that's my favorite reference to make, is like, yeah, this player got traded for a bag of footballs and a one-bar yeah. kicker <laughs> helmet from the 70s. It fucking <laughs> sucks. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> So best helmet, dude. <laughs> great, great I, pull. That's good. Um, hell yeah. Well, boys, let's go ahead and dive right on in. Yeah. We've got some. We've got three banger back to the albums. Music. Yeah, back to the music. Uh, we've got three fucking fantastic albums to talk about today. I'm really, really stoked to uh, talk about these. And you know, it's you know, someone knocked it out of the park when the other two can you know just automatically say yeah i'm stoked to talk about that so let's do it first and so that being said matt what are we talking about first boy an album that came out this year by billy woods and kenny siegel called maps very cool album cover one of my favorite album covers of all time simple but i don't know send me pictures of that of the front and back i will or at least the back so that way i can put it up very clever uh has to me like it caught my ear when I listened to a few tracks when it came out because of the ambient type samples and just the vibe it had. It was slower, faster, and at times it was kind of just out there. And each song's so different, and it just it's captivating in a way that some hip hop it just does that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and for coming out in twenty twenty three, I think it's probably one of the better albums that's come out this year. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just. You have to listen to it to appreciate it. I've never been a fan of Billy Woods because I've never listened to him. Yeah. And I've slowly, you know, started to. And when this album, you know, came out, I was just like, wow. Uh, and the production behind it's amazing. Kenny Siegel's a great producer. Uh, with that, whatever he's doing, the beats part, whatever he does behind the scenes is amazing. And yeah. he adds that vibe to where just Billy Woods can just lay any any rhyme or any bar on, on top of it, and it it sounds fluid. Uh, it doesn't sound rehearsed. He's just talking about his life over the last two years with COVID and traveling and touring and, and flying and layovers and just the things he's seen and just relating that to his life, which is so simple, but it's so accessible to where uh, any fan of hip hop just can sit down and listen to this album and be like, wow, yeah. this is tight. And, and you know, for, for people that have a deeper appreciation for hip hop, because, you know, it is such a popular genre now at this point that people just put it on to put it on. And, you know, they're like, oh, the, like the, 
I feel like there's, and this is me being a fucking music snob and kind of being egotistic, but whatever the fuck it. Um, you know, the stuff that we've referenced, you know, that's really popular nowadays, like baby and everything, fucking shout out, love that guy though. There's, there's stuff that isn't, that doesn't have a lot of substance to it. Like there's not much past, you know, what right. you hear at first listen. And so for a lot of people that, you know, kind of just stick with that stuff and they don't, you know, dive into the more abstract pieces, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, say Billy Woods, um, Bo- uh, Boldy James, you know, Elzai, you know, some of the artists that we've covered where it's really a project that you have to listen to and really appreciate the production on this paired with Billy Woods. It's it's again, I thought I thought we found the one when we covered Haram. Mm-hmm. on episode 10 i was like jesus christ like billy woods and alchemist like that's a hell of a pairing but no nah, i think at times i was like man kenny siegel and billy woods like that's really fucking impressive because it, it is you know very ambient sounding and then paired with yeah. the eccentric lyricism and just billy woods's brain mm-hmm. phenomenal i yeah. love it i think it's crazy that uh billy woods just as a rapper he is one of those rappers that i feel like you need to listen to and you need to get used to because mm-hmm. his rhymes and his raps they go over your head yeah like i, I had to listen to this a couple of times because a mm-hmm. lot of it went over my head yeah like it was just so many layers to it so intricate mm-hmm. um it was funny i was looking at a, a review of this album of a professor um i'll send you guys a link that he like reviews albums and he kind of does it like to like a historic historical sense kind of and like more detailed okay uh, and it was like an hour and 30 minutes long like he was talking oh, about wow. this album fucking nuts that's really and cool. he got really detailed about everything about it um and it's you c- you can do that because it has so many layers to this mm-hmm. um, not only with his rapping that at some points it's like borderline spoken word mm-hmm. um but yeah. also with the beats too yeah seagull he has like a very uh, fine-tuned ear for his beats that he does they're very experimental yeah um, sometimes they'll be like just a jazzy snare sometimes they'll be something just real synthy kind of sounds like brian Eno that you said earlier matt mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just bizarre so the fact that they both got together on this again um yeah they knocked it out like yeah, they knocked real. it out um so yeah i'm glad you brought this up i had heard like the singles on this and i was like eh, it's all right mm. Uh, but then listening to the full thing, man, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. With and even like the features that he has, he you know brings back Jesus. the lucid. The uh, feature, the features on this. Sorry to cut you off. The fucking features on this, yeah. like Jesus Christ. I like dude. that they're also like very much like um, underground rappers, like Quelle Chris, also super good. Shout out. Um, yeah, like great album, great album for sure. Yeah. And speaking on when this was released, uh, it was released uh, May 5th, as you had said. And I was out for Cinco de Mayo, hanging out with some people. And we're all in a group text, obviously. You can't you can't run a show like this if you're not in a group text. Um, and I'm, you know, I got a couple, I had a couple drinks in me. And, and you know, was enjoying some greens. And Matt texts the link to this album. And I'm like, yeah, I did just see that Billy Woods came out with an album. What the fuck? And then I was like, wait, Matt, like, I, cause I saw it come through and I was like, oh, That's Jacob's, me. I was like, Jacob's sharing this. And then I looked again and I was like, wait, what Matt. the fuck? I was like, Matt, I was like, yeah. no way, Matt's getting into Billy Woods. Let's go. Fucking Surprise dude, yeah, I got like, so geeked. I was like, how the fuck did you find, I was like, how did you stumble upon him? And yeah. so, dude, like, was it just random, like, popped up on your Spotify or? Yeah, since, you know, since we've been doing the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of research on, the musicians we talk about so mm-hmm. a lot of my feed will have random things and one of them is pitchfork album oh, okay reviews. as much as i hate pitchfork yeah because uh, a lot of their reviews are just whack it's a good word for it whack <laughs> um, they had a review for this album and it got like it was like an 8.4 or something which again stupid like what 8.4 what does that mean yeah um 
And I'm like, all right. And so I just, the album cover again, it just captured, you're like, what? It's mm-hmm. very bright and it's very like, I don't know. All over the place. Funny in a sense. You Looks start like looking the, at some uh, of the things going on. Like the the thing that you get at the, the airport, like when you're in your seats in the airplane. Yeah, um, the, the directions. Brochure, the brochure, yeah. And then I started looking at the features on the album. I was like, oh, that's when I sent you the ASAP feature. And yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because we had just talked uh, None Shall Pass yeah. like the week prior. Yeah. And so the, the next morning I went on a walk, on my morning walk, and I just played the album from start to finish and like yeah. you know a couple tracks in he's rapping about joe burrow and william burrow in the same bar and you're just like what yeah i'm like and i had to rewind that i was like was he rapping on joe burrow the quarter i was like oh <laughs> mm-hmm. and then william burrow the poet i'm like this is cool yeah okay bet oh i didn't uh, catch well that's cool yeah, yeah i forgot what song it is but soft landing yeah, soft landing yeah he's just like man if you so, want to know anything about soft landing i got you <laughs> <laughs> just his flow and his lyricism mm-hmm. just was like wow and so i just kept you know, playing yeah. them over and over. I was like, Jesus, I got to get this when it comes out. The the reason why I ask and the reason why it like threw me for such a loop, I was like, that's so funny because literally the episode before you joined was when we talked to Rom mm-hmm. and I had told you, I was like, hey, right. go. I was like, if you like Billy Woods, like go check that out because mm-hmm. I know that you like Alchemist as well because we've covered him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, yo, Matt's getting into Billy Woods. I was like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. let's go. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's in, you know, kind of to talk about, to touch on what Jacob said about, you know, at first listen, it kind of throws you off. And I was kind of at the end of it, I was glad that we took that extra week. So that way I could listen to all three of these again, multiple times, because every time you listen to this, to maps in particular, you, something catches your ear from song to song that is different from the last time you heard it, you know, mm-hmm. um, like baby steps. I was yes. the first couple of times I listened to it, I was in love with uh elucid coming in at the end of it but then this week when i was listening to it i was like no that beat is actually really fucking spooky and like kind of mm-hmm. kind of cool you know almost haunted it house kind of it's yes. kind of spooky i was like yeah. i kind of like that and you know it was something i didn't realize until you know probably my fourth listen in i was like damn some of this is it's really a mind fuck to listen to a little mm-hmm. bit yeah i feel like uh, billy woods too like his rapping style he is like so catered towards like like the people that you listen to it, you like have to really think about what he's rapping about. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, sorry, like with with rap, like I feel like it's easy to rhyme stuff, mm-hmm. um, like just rhyming, you know, like wood with you know good, good or you know whatever. But with his rapping style that he does it, um, like it makes you think about like his word and what that word means. Like it, mm-hmm. he'll say stuff I've never heard of. Yeah, like when we were talking about uh, Haram. Uh, performative or praxis i was like what the heck is that yeah you know, so i looked into it and i feel like he does that a lot he's like so educated and like the way that he's rapping like it caters towards people that like kind of look into more things and mm-hmm. like get to like i guess educational about it right um which i think is really cool that he does that that he's like so much more than just a rapper that's you know like give me the best beat you have and i'll flow 16 mm-hmm. bars like no he's like thinking about it and yeah. he like kind of goes borderline spoken word and his delivery is like super good every time and it's it's an interesting delivery and i think it kind of it kind of ties back to the you know sometimes you'll miss a a really good bar or lyric that he's written because he kind of raps and run on sentences at times Mm -hmm. you know like the beat you can kind of tell it's got okay so this is where like the the bar would start and Mm -hmm. he's still finishing something up because he's just sitting there he he almost raps and run on sentences which you know if you went to grade school, run-on sentences aren't good on paper, but if you mm-hmm. wrap them in a particular way, it fucking kills, you know? Like that whole segment where he's talking about Joe Burrow, William Burrow, and then goes on into the biggie, it's just, you're like, holy shit, has he taken a breath in like 30 seconds? Like, <laughs> What's going my on? Man, yeah. there are no commas or punctuation in this yeah. fucking thing, yeah. this whole spiel he's going on. And it is very, he does rap in a very particular way that is just top-notch in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's definitely makes me think about a lot more like rapping, mm-hmm. um, especially when I listen to him and his stuff. His work has always been very abstract, very um, like two dimensional. Um, when like listening to his other albums, because he just uh, released Church um, like not too long ago, and then Ethiopes, Ethiopes, I think mm-hmm. uh, that one's also a super good album. Um, this is their second time working together. They okay. did Hiding Places. Yeah, you know, back in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And that album was also like super good. Um, okay. 
a similar beat. Kenny Siegel, he's you know very yeah. abstract with his beats, and Billy Woods, just his deliver his delivery that he has with everything, kind of really sets him apart. Yeah, to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's it's nuts how like this just came out like literally a month ago, mm-hmm. and like all the physical copies on it like are sold out like oh yeah you're not finding it anywhere for like less than a hundred bucks like it's, <laughs> flex on us real quick man like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like there's always artists that like their music uh like appreciates so quickly mm-hmm. and billy wood is one of those like any of his stuff if you don't get it the day it comes out good luck getting it for the same yeah. price anywhere well it's like haram when i bought my copy that i that you sold me at the time the and i have the alternate cover which isn't as popular it was still going for 150 200 bucks and it didn't it took like two and a half years for that to drop in price on resale platforms and it's still going for fucking 80 to 90 so for something that you know at at drop you can get for 30 dollars like that really it really speaks to the music and then also just how niche the fan base is you know because i feel like you got to be kind of out there to like billy woods and and collecting records is pretty popular nowadays, but again, it's kind of a weird dichotomy. It's quick too. Like mm-hmm. when you said that, like you when you told us, like, hey, I've been listening to this. I, mm-hmm. I got it coming in the mail. Mm-hmm. I checked online on their website. I'm like, let me see if they still have copies. Mm-hmm. Sold out, and I imagine it sold out within the same day. Oh yeah, Probably like definitely right. within the same day, it sold out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've watched you get your heart broken multiple times on yeah. releases because yeah. it's just how it is. Yeah. Back to the production side of this mm-hmm. album too. I feel like it starts off great, yeah, and then it's like got the middle. But it, the last part of the album is kind of my favorite. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of great songs towards the end, like with Houdini and like Baby Steps and all mm-hmm. those tracks. New York City Tap Water, uh, uh, NYC yeah. Tap Water, so good. Yeah, like those are all so that's a great just title. Slow and you know, I was high all day. I escaped. Yeah, so cool. Just like one liners like that. You know, he has so many of them in this on this album. I could quote lyrics all day. Oh yeah, with this album because he's just he's so clever with his rhyme scheme. And the the features on it, just to go back to that, you know, you've got you've got Quali Chris, as we mentioned. You know, Elucid. So you know, you basically get an Arm and Hammer, a couple reunion tracks mm-hmm. on this, and then you get weird ones like fucking Danny Brown. Yes, but you. Year Zero is a great song. Year Zero, uh, it actually it's another like spooky. Yeah, another yeah, exactly, kind yeah. of spooky out there, which is perfect for Danny Brown to hop on. But if you would have told me like Danny Brown being on a Billy Woods track was not on my 2023 yeah. rap bingo card, and then even more so than that, Aesop Rock being on this album because mm-hmm. y'all know I'm a huge rock fan. That was like, like Aesop fan when we brought it up. It, it like literally two weeks a week later i was like what the hell Mm -hmm. i was like in in aesop and billy woods actually go they're like kind of almost peanut butter and marshmallow puff you know what i mean like that'd be a cool collab Mm -hmm. they just did an album together by themselves yeah or even just like a little ep fucking Mm -hmm. fuck it give me five give me give me five and i'm here give me five tracks yeah i don't give a shit (laughs) don't work too hard but please (laughs) give me more (laughs) no love it man loved this album um I'm probably gonna have to wait again two and a half years before I can snag it, but yeah, I'm definitely definitely on the hunt. Yeah, I'm like a leopard. I'm like a leopard, I'm gonna pounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good it's a good start for the year for music, and I yeah. feel like it's gonna be an album of the year, if not for hip hop, but just for me in general. You know, there's yeah. only a few albums that have come out this year that have caught my ear. Yeah, uh, and this is one of them. Regardless mm-hmm. of what genre you like, this is accessible on any level. Yeah, it's got that production side of it that's got the jazzy like blue smoke has that weird jazzy drum real fast yeah. in the beginning which is really cool so i mean anybody can play this and you know he's yeah, not he's just dropping lyricism which is he's just i don't know he's got such a good flow yeah so i think you can listen to this and not be turned off by anything he says at all because mm-hmm. he's just it's, it's, it's very intellectual almost yeah, too it's yeah. not crude it's not it vulgar in any way it's very like i don't know just him being himself which is cool you, you don't see that a lot in hip-hop anymore right. anymore you know it's there but it's very rare you gotta you really gotta again yeah, dive you know into it. you gotta really look for mm-hmm. it yeah because we're not talking about a guy we're not talking asap asap rocky here like billy woods isn't as huge as a lot of these rappers and so you really do mm-hmm. kind of if you want to find shit like that you really got to dig through the ditches burn through the witches mm-hmm. you know he kind of does have that mystery to him too like um all of his music videos 
all of his pictures, like he like kind of blurs himself out. He mm-hmm. does the same on the he album cover. Out, yeah, I noticed that the cover. <laughs> it's like he doesn't so he doesn't right. paint his face. He doesn't yeah. put anything on his face. Even the music video for Soft Landing, he's wearing the fucking balaclava. Yeah, everything on Haram, all the videos for that, it's either like just a black, like just a black screen, or it's just like fuzzy. Huh. On his Interesting. face. Interesting. I mean, it. there's pictures of his face. Like, yeah. Everyone knows what it looks like, but it's like. Still tries to have that, you know, sense of obscurity. I, I mm-hmm. do appreciate that. Well, Matt, do you have? Do we have any more things we want to touch on, or shall we talk? We can, uh, we can dive into the top three. Yeah. I mean, so I mean if you if we want to keep nerding out, so we can. Good, there's so many good lyrics in this album. It's yeah. just hard not to talk fuck, about. Fuck it, pull one, dude. See if I give a shit. Uh, paper and pencil. I wrote the verse like Hangman. I mean, it's just simple. Yeah. There is just so much stuff like that. Um, uh, shit. Let me. Here, yeah, actually, let's I got do it. one more. Uh, Since the spot got a grill, you know I've been working the fire. If it's cool in the shade, I'm going to chill. If it's cool with you, I'm going to hit my supplier. No, so, nice. Come on. Come on, man. I, there's so, like, it's just when, so fluid. When I'm listening to our albums, I'll take screenshots mm-hmm. of, like, songs that I like. Mm-hmm. And I haven't taken as much screenshots of an album than this one. Yeah. Like, I took, like, six screenshots of, like, oh, that's a good song. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a good song, too. Oh, that's a good song. And, like, I had to delete all of them, and I'm looking at it right now. I have, like, seven <laughs> songs that I deleted because, like, I'm just, like, nerding out about it. There are so many. Um, yeah, any, any lyric that you have, it's, like, a clever one-liner that you're, like, kind of have to stop and think about it. Yeah. It's, like, oh, double meaning to it, you yeah. know, or, like, oh, there's a different side of this. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, y'all know I'm a big Notorious B.I.G. fan, and there's there's, there's multiple a references a throughout the whole album. Mm-hmm. But my favorite one in particular, which is why Soft Landing will be you know top five on my Spotify played this year, uh, this this line right here: the worst people will wiggle out will yeah the worst people will wiggle out the rubble. Maybe suicidal thoughts was the everyday struggle. And it's like, dude, even just reciting it, I get Damn. fucking goose pimples. Like, he fucking references two of my favorite fucking it. songs off of Ready to Die. Yeah, like, suicide thoughts is is the everyday struggle. Everyday I was like, struggle. Jesus, Damn. made me go back and listen to that whole album. I this did week not too. catch that. <laughs> Damn. Something in there, yeah. So you know, and see, it's, stuff like that. It's like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll dive in top three. Go ahead. Uh, honorable mention. I had, I had a few in there. Uh, Soundcheck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the way that song flows, and then NYC Tab Water. Yep, that that title just sounds grimy. It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It definitely dirty. sounds grimy. The three, two, one. I like Houdini. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Steps, and then it was a toss up between uh, Rapper Weed and Hangman. So I'm gonna go with Hangman. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that's nice. my top track. Rapper Weed's a great song too. Nice, Jake. You wanna go? Uh, yeah, honorable mention. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, as the crow flies. Nice. Great ending track. Mm-hmm. Uh, top three, I'm going to go uh, The Layover. Nice. Uh, Baby Steps. Because mm-hmm. uh, I love that Elucid's on that and very abstract beat. Uh, and then Rapper Weed. It's just yeah that good old boom bat beat mm-hmm. with Billy Woods on it. Like it's, it's perfect. A little chime. Yeah. yeah. Honorable mentions for me go waiting around uh, again. Sucker for anything with Aesop Rock on it. Uh, can't beat that. Uh, honorable mention part two, rapper weed, and then three, two, one, Babylon by Bus, number three, number two, Baby Steps, and then number one, Soft Landing. I cannot get enough of that fucking song. Babylon by Bus, that's a good track. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Kind one. of a sleeper one. Yeah, that's I kept sleeper. going back to it. I was like, man, I, was I feel like that this on the, I heard that on the way over here. I was like, oh, I forgot about this track. Yeah, that's Babylon good. by Bus. Well, fuck yeah, man. That was Maps by Billy Woods, released not even a month ago. Uh, we're reviewing it hot off the presses. Really actually dig the fact that we're doing that. Uh, we'll be right back to uh, go into Jake's pick for this week. We'll be right back. Is living Texas. Crosby does it every once in a while, just randomly. Just sings that? Yeah, because I played it for him once. 
Ear, yeah, dude, it is an earworm. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that. Like, there's just some, there's some songs all across the board. But the one thing that, like, when people ask me what kind of music I listen to, I'm like everything but modern country. But there's caveats to that mm-hmm. because there are some like fucking. Uh, there's some modern, like modern. I mean, shit that came out like almost 20 years ago at this point. But there's some songs that are just such earworms that I just. Right, full on, like my honk, the honk in me comes out, and I gotta. George Strait, good dude. Yeah, he's good. I. All right, fucking funny you mentioned that. You look like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. You do. (laughs) Join the fucking club. You're like the hundred and eightieth person to tell me that. (laughs) I'm writing a bit about that actually, Uh, but also fun fact about Chris Stapleton. uh, Flash a picture. I will. <laughs> I will. Chris Stapleton is okay, actually really good, really good country singer. Uh, no, he is. I he's like fantastic. I like he uh, had a bluegrass group before he went solo, actually, called the Steel Drivers, and they're very fucking good. If you, uh, I think it's the self-titled album, but there's there's some smacks. Like, come on, come on, come on. Oh yeah, hey. I know, yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. I just aged faster. That's your long lost uncle. Yeah, here, let me see. Yeah, actually, we were just listening to it the other day. We were watching it. He has a tiny desk. Does he really? Yeah. Cool. Pretty what? Good. Yeah, so the self-titled album by the Steel Drivers. Okay. Check that out. Oh, okay. If, you, if it's really good, it's just good bluegrass. You like fucking throw some wieners and bergs on the grill and play that, dude. The grill's out there. Yeah, exactly. It's out there. But, um... No, I've been, my mom got really into Chris Stapleton, like, right when he started getting big, and she always told me, she's like, he just reminds me of you, because he plays guitar and sings, and he looks like you, and then people in <laughs> high out. school, people in high school would always tell me that shit, like, people nowadays are like, Any, hey, anybody ever tell you you look like, and I, before they even say, I'm like, Chris Stapleton, yeah, thank you, um, nowhere near as good of a guitar player, but, you know, I can fucking, Tennessee whiskey, yeah. any fucking way, anyway, let's, Enough. Yeah. Quit flirting with yeah. me, well, we're Jacob. Talk, we're talking about country. We, we love, we love that. There's nothing excluded from our podcast. That's right. No. That's right. But suffice it to say, I'm planning... I That album, the Steel Drivers album, is like stupid expensive on Discogs, mm-hmm. or else I'd have it and we'd be covering it soon. I'll, it might be one that I just Very can't lovely. get and bring up. Do but uh, But yeah, check that out for sure. Um, but we've got other shit to talk about, mainly Jacob's pick for this week. So what do you got for us today, man? Yeah, so Stevie, mm. Stevie Wonder, uh, in Square Circle, came out in '85, mm-hmm. 1985. Um, this is the inside. It's a gateful. It's a beautiful picture of him. Oh, that's cool. Running through the beach. Running through the beach. Yeah. And there's an insert on this. Actually, Ooh, yeah. Funny enough, I had to all. get a couple of copies to get everything on this because it was kind of hard to find. But oh wow, this is some of the singles. Okay. Uh, pictures of him with the lyrics. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, it came out in '85. Mm-hmm. Uh, five years after he took like a little hiatus from music, he was still doing stuff. I think he did a soundtrack for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did something else. Okay. Uh, but like actual album that he was working on the last one that he did was um the one with his face on it which they all have his face on it that's not specific oh yeah no i, know. I, had to, I was you know, like i, I know, know i think i know what you're talking about, about. Yeah. Talking about. Yeah. uh hotter than july yeah five years after that in 1980 this one came out in 1985 um but yeah this was like an album i like playing a lot just because i feel like um the first half is kind of lovey-dovey R&B, and then mm-hmm. the second half it's real, kind of just all over the place. But mm-hmm. not only what he's what he's singing about, but also like his production style that he does. He's like all self-produced. Mm-hmm. Um, he made all this himself. He's kind of like a one-man band. He did have some people on sax uh, and trumpet here mm-hmm. and there, but it's mainly just all him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty good album. One of my favorite mm-hmm. album of his. Obviously, a lot of people talk about. Uh, He's life, um, but this one's also a really good one. So yeah, yeah. what do you guys think about? Um, congrats, you finally brought it up. I feel like this might be, especially lately. I feel like you've brought this, like just mentioned this album in passing mm-hmm. a, a handful of times in like the mm-hmm. past fifteen episodes. 
Yeah. And so I was like, it comes in every now and then. Yeah. Every once in a while, like there would be something, you know, I think it was, you know, when we, a couple of times when we brought up, uh, maybe Newman or Plantasia, but I was like, when you brought this up last week, I got hyped because I was like, Oh shit, we finally get to listen to like, you know, mm-hmm. you've mentioned it so many times. I haven't gone and checked it out. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting album for Stevie wonder, especially if you're not into it. Like, you know, you haven't really dove into his full discography. Mm-hmm. This one's so interesting because he is really experimenting with, you know, more electronic sounds, which, mm-hmm. which I found really, really interesting. You know, it's not just him at a piano or, you know, with a backing band, you know, not every Stevie wonder song, song is going to be superstitious, but mm-hmm this one was like so far removed from the shit that he's well known for. So I, I really appreciated getting to dive into this. Yes. Bring up a good point. It has more of that synth. Mm-hmm. That feel it's a good time of uh, like the mid eighties where that mm-hmm. was just the instrument everybody was using. Yeah. Uh, and he, I think he won a Grammy for this mm-hmm. album uh, for best performance too. I think he did a, a performance at the Grammys with himself, Herbie Hancock, uh, Thomas Dolby, who did uh, She Blinded Me by Science, kind of catchy 80s song, and then Howard oh, Jones, nice. and they were all doing like a synthesizer jam. Oh, that's sick. I haven't looked for it on YouTube or anything, but that'd that's be cool, cool to watch uh, them all doing that together. But this album reminded me a lot of kind of when I grew up and kind of like six or seven when this album came out, and I remember listening to the radio a lot, and Part-Time Lover was a huge mm-hmm. song, and I remember mm-hmm. that being one of the first songs I heard on the radio. Uh, and Stevie Wonder's just got that mellow vocal to where it's just so like he's just talking to you like he's your best friend mm-hmm. uh, and it's so smooth and easy to listen to and uh, this album I've never heard before besides that song yeah so this is a great introduction for me I've heard some of Stevie Wonder's older stuff from the you know the 60s and when he was vibing and like really young and that that soulful vibe and this had more of like a it definitely have that has that 80s that yes. 80s, that 80s some maturity to it. but it's 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 so good it captures that whole like that essence of that whole sound in the 80s perfectly Uh, and i think he was able to do that throughout his career whether it was in the the late 60s and early 70s with his soul vibes and stuff like that and then just you know uh going with the flow and and, you know changing with the season like a lot of bands do like rush and things you have to kind of cater to your audience Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. he did a good job of doing that that's why he stayed so popular for such a long time yeah this album is so good and and a lot of a lot of bands artists whatever you know they kind of fall victim to not being able to progress you know and they kind of just they just kind of stay locked into this one thing yeah Uh, you know for a perfect example fucking iron maiden is still pumping out music and it's like dude it's the same fucking thing that you've been putting out like you should have stopped at number of the beast or like <laughs> issues or whatever that yeah. illusions whatever that album is yeah. but that's a very good point like he managed to just navigate the change all of the changes in the music scene whether it was pop or r&b you know mm-hmm. he just kind of ground out his own little path through it and it's like hey this is still stevie but he's progressing with the times and this is a perfect this is a perfect fucking example of that Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely you guys summed it up perfectly it's such a capsule to the 80s Mm -hmm. to mid 80s that yeah it has that electronic feel that synthy feel that he does it like so perfectly yeah to stevie wonder it's like when Mm -hmm. you think of stevie wonder in the 80s this would be it yeah this would be the album um everything else all his other classics like in the 70s uh songs key of life like that's a classic probably his mm-hmm. best album in my opinion yeah um but this one it's so much more different for mm-hmm. him he's uh, still has the same r&b lovey-dovey sound to him mm-hmm. but yeah. he is like changing it up with you know the electronic style that he's doing it's kind of more poppy more synthy like synth pop kind of um and also like cool harmonica solos that he has um mm-hmm. probably my my favorite harmonica solo that he has on uh, never in your son yeah um that little break where he is going off on the harmonica um but i don't really need vision to play the harmonica yeah right but he might don't be. get me started on he... <laughs> no but yeah i think it, i think it's great um uh, that he just capsulated the 80s and like this album one definitely that uh, I feel like it doesn't get as much recognition as it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, but uh, definitely one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Um, I have, like, I've I've been looking at copies for this. This is actually one of the first ones that I ordered on off Discogs for, like, six bucks. Hell yeah. I think, what? Sh- I think shipping was more than the actual <laughs> <you know. laughs> I got fleeced on the shipping, but deal. fuck. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, it's a but great deal. I was trying to get everything, like all the inserts and everything, so I have like three copies of this. Hell yeah. Um, they're all really cheap. It's like five. Oh, so you just cut, like made it one? Yeah. And nice. if you look underneath your chair, you're each leaving with a copy of <laughs> yeah, it. Right? <laughs> fucking Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. But but yeah, definitely, uh, I think it's real. I think it's great that uh, he still had such like a creativity of making like just hits after hits yeah um even in the 70s but that's like classic stevie wonder yeah mm-hmm. that's um, that's steve for sure. this is like so much more advanced to yeah. what he was doing and yeah moving with the times getting mm-hmm. with everything with the electronic with um making it sound more synthy so mm-hmm. it's cool that he you know was able to adapt um it was all self-produced he produced this all himself he was experimenting a lot more with electronic uh, music so um, yeah, I'm glad that I was finally able to bring this up. I know yeah. I've been sitting on this for a while. It's one that I'll play every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Never in Your Son. That's probably it's my great, favorite Stevie yeah. Wonder song. Um, and to kind of, you know, yes, it did win a Grammy, which, you know, doesn't exactly mean that it was swept under the rug. But as far as not being appreciated in his entire catalog, it is wild to me. Mm-hmm. And I think. Bear with me on this. I'm going to try to make this point, but I don't exactly know how to do it in it, like successfully. We'll, we'll steer you in. If you yeah, fucking. Yeah. You'll, I feel like you guys understand where I'm going with this. Right. The, the era of the 80s that this came out in, you know, the mid-80s, it was the age of one-hit wonders coming out. You know, mm-hmm. like the fucking outfield, you know, random groups coming together, fucking uh, Come On Eileen, you know, all of these bands that were just putting out stuff and somehow getting on the radio and you know now they're like some of the biggest songs of all time people weren't it was a weird era where people weren't listening to full albums mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so the fact that like hey the grammys you know recognize hey this this is actually a really badass album and then it's like you don't hear anybody talk about it is so weird to me and it's like oh that's right everybody was listening to fucking take on me by aha and not Mm -hmm. listening to full albums. It was just, people were just listening to singles for this weird Mm -hmm. period in time. And especially with like popular music and like R and B at the time. I don't know. That's a good point. It's at height of MTV music videos. And you're right. Mm -hmm. The singles are the videos that are, everyone's watching those and you're just hearing that song. Yeah. And they're like, I don't need to hear anything else by these guys. Mm -hmm. This song is great. And it's like, what if, Mm -hmm. You know, Aha actually kicked ass. I fucking doubt it, but what, like, <laughs> what if that album that that yeah. song was on was actually good? And, yeah. uh, you know, so I think it was just a weird era of people not really wanting to sit down and listen to something cover to cover. They were just obsessed with mm-hmm. MTV and the singles. Mm-hmm. So, it, But yeah. all that to say, fucking this somehow people don't talk about, you know, 80s music. Yeah. Stevie Wonder's name doesn't get brought up. He That's gets brought point. up for the other, the shit, you know, from decades prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Part Time Lover, like, who hasn't heard that song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, who hasn't heard that song? Um, that song, it's, it's classic Stevie Wonder's. And yeah, people kind of, if you even on the album, it's the first song on the album, you listen to that song mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, next song, you know, or, or next artist or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, this whole album has got some great stuff. Um, uh, the song, uh, I Love You Too Much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really where you start seeing the electronic feel coming into it. Very much um, so. He starts experimenting with uh, auto tune, mm-hmm. and you could hear him doing that. And he kind of does that. Uh, what's that called? Skiing? Not skiing. Where you're going like. Doo, 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 doo. Scatting. Scatting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like Scatman. Uh, where he'll be doing that with like uh, like a like electronic. Yeah, like the electronic uh, mm-hmm. effect on it. So, um, Spiritual Walker is also very electronic that he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's cool that he kind of has like built up such a catalog that it's over the years you see him still keeping his same sound, but just adapting it to the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that I wanted to wanted to bring up about this was, you know, yeah, you know, we've we've mentioned it multiple times. It is kind of a more, there's a lot of electronic feel to it. And I don't know who made the sounds first, but this album is fucking rife with um, stuff like synth sounds that are used in house music today from Mm -hmm. SoundCloud DJs to fucking, uh, you know, like Taiki uh, Taiki New Light, Mala, 
uh, Drezzo, like all of these super big DJs nowadays are using synth sounds that came maybe before this, but this is like the earliest iteration of some of these, like some of those like deeper synth sounds Mm -hmm. are getting used in modern house, whether it's deep house, bass house, it, so this is actually really cool to look at that, you know, and be like, wow, this actually didn't just influence, you know, R&B and everything. Mm -hmm. It had a deeper thing to where almost 40 years later, we've got DJs in their bedrooms using some of these synth sounds to make completely fucking different music. Mm -hmm. There was, I can't, I wish I would have written it down, but there was a couple of times I was like, yo, I've actually like, I've mixed with songs that have that fucking synth sound in it. Like what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's the '80s. Like, you know, it's still not super popular. It's mm-hmm. he was still experimenting with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like an R&B album that it has that feel that you can hear, yeah. it and you're like, oh, okay, like it's self-produced. He's kind of doing a new thing, but mm-hmm. he's making it his own. It's such a. It's so. It's weird in the best way possible. I don't mean that in a bad way because it is, you know, an R&B album. But the combined with the synths and everything mm-hmm. it's like what mm-hmm. all right it's like hey fucking keep it going stevie fucking yeah not blind ass <laughs> <laughs> there's conspiracies okay no, there are i did i'm just gonna touch it's, on it it's a great album but it's a great but, album but there are just happenstance this week i've i've heard a couple of instances of people maybe questioning how how impaired he is <laughs> Doesn't take away from the fact that he's a great musician, right? I love Stevie Wonder. I think he's I think he's visually impaired, but there's funny fucking stories. Just look up Shaq Stevie Wonder story, and <laughs> then go thoughts? then go on a then turn into Russell Crowe from A Beautiful Mind and go down the fucking rabbit hole. Something in the water. Turn the <laughs> yeah, but no, this is so it it's so weird to me, you know, because it's like I feel like it didn't get love, but it got a Grammy. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, and it's such a good album. It's, but it's kind of—it's just lost, I think. I feel like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like in '85 at a time when there's yeah. so many things, like you said, going on with electronic music and mm-hmm. one-hit wonders and all these other things that are happening. Yeah, and this stands—I think it stands alone, and that's why it is forgotten about. Yeah, unless you're a fan of Stevie Wonder and know his catalog, like I would have never picked up this album. Yeah, minus the song that I knew from the like the intro, "Part-Time Lover." Yeah. Same here. Um, but it's such a good album. I think we've all just found a, a good appreciation for it because yeah. like you guys all said it captures that moment in time mm-hmm. which yeah. is cool I'm glad you guys liked it um, it's definitely one of my favorites of his al- of his mm-hmm. albums um, just a little different little little touch of modern for you mm-hmm. uh, but yeah if we want to get in top threes let's do I'll it I'll kick us off hit it baby um, honorable mentions I'm gonna go uh, it's wrong I love mm-hmm. that he kind of and this is kind of like a theme for him. He'll bring up something uh, like in the times, at the time, mm-hmm. or like not necessarily political, but something that's going on in the world. Yeah. Uh, so the song It's Wrong, Apartheid, like it's, you know, talking about like, you know, stuff that's going on in Africa at the time. And I think he had like a speech and performance that he did around this, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like powerful that he does that because there was like stuff going on with slavery still then. Uh, and it's like kind of has that tribal feel but it's also like very much political and Mm -hmm. the lyrics i don't know what like language it is Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely like some dialects from uh, africa i feel like um so honorable mention uh top three i'm gonna go i love you too much uh whereabouts and then never in your son that's my favorite see you in a song hell yeah hands down yeah i dig it you want to go next? You yeah, want me to? I'll go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will mention Part Time Lover. Just great opening track and one of the first songs I heard by Stevie Wonder back in the olden days. They had radios back then. <laughs> <laughs> Number three was uh, Never in Your Son. Like Jacob said, that's just a great track. It's wrong because it has a. It's, it's as powerful as that song is in lyricism. It had for me like a memory of like reading rainbow yeah and like yeah. that like something i saw in the show at one point or maybe i don't know maybe stevie wonder wasn't i don't remember but that's, it reminded me of that <laughs> oh, my yeah. favorite track was overjoyed nice that's an underrated track yeah. i think a lot of people know that song but they don't know mm-hmm. what album it's on yeah great one yeah. overjoyed honorable mentions for me spiritual walkers uh really like how stevie you know really 
fucking gets into it at the end of that track. You know, he's really belting it. Uh, honorable, second honorable mention for me, It's Wrong, kind of across the board. I'll appreciate that one. Number three for me, Part-Time, love, part-time Lover, hell of a way to kick off an album. Uh, number two was Go Home. And then number one, Strangers on the Shores of Love, actually. Nice. Really, nice. really dug that one. Nice. Um, but yeah, dude, hell yeah. Way to... Thank you. I had yes. never heard this one. Mm-hmm. And every time you mentioned it, I was like, okay, like Stevie Wonder doing electronic shit, whatever. All right, we'll, cool. we'll bring up another Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. This is his 20th album. I saw it. I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up before I moved on. I was like, 20 albums? Like, Jesus, dude. Man kills it. He kills it. But uh, anyway, that was In Square Circle by Stevie Wonder, released in 85. Uh, we'll be right back to wrap it up and talk about my album for this week. So we went up and we went down. Let's go around and round this yeah, up. Yeah, I think it's time to go around and round and round this up. Round this up. Like <laughs> so fucking, let's go round and round like a rat song, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> Look at it, you. Oh, man. <laughs> fucking, fucking rat, dude. Shout out, shout out my dad for being into really off-kilter shit, dude. Fucking rat. You ever hear Great White? Remember them? Once bitten, twice shy. They have, there's a fucking, that's a deep, that whole band is a deep cut. But mm. there's, um, might be on that same album. There's a song called Never Change Heart. Great okay. song. Check that out. Sorry, Matt and I just being. I'm just being. Reciting in sync lyrics just in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show me. <laughs> oh, that's actually voice. Um, anyways, you know what, Matt? Let's go round and round, round this up. You're right. Uh, so in order to do that, we're going to go ahead and talk about my album for this week. Um, another one that I've also been sitting on for quite some time. Uh, it is an artist that we've uh, that we covered, fuck, almost 30 episodes ago, I want to say. Master of Puppets was like early. Was it? Yes. Yeah, it was a couple of still, episodes we ago. Still, we had a fourth person back then, if that tells you anything. Um, and for this week, I pulled out And Justice for All by Metallica. Uh, their fourth studio album released in 1988. Uh, the first one without uh, Cliff Burton on bass. R.I.P. My boy. Um, I've been in love with this album for over half my life at this point, so I could talk until the the cows come home about it. Uh, so I'll let you guys kind of dive into it a little bit. I'm glad I'm glad you saved this one for last. Mm-hmm. It's a great album. It's one of Metallica's best albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, it is the first without Cliff Burton. Uh, I think he has writing credentials on To Live Is To Die, yep. which is cool that he still has some soul in that, that album. Uh, and we'll talk about it right away. The bass is not on here. You don't yeah. hear it as much, and it's it's sad, but minus that, this album is so good. The guitar yeah. work is amazing. The lyricism talks about everything. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people realize that when they dive into Metallica as far as how they write their lyrics. Yeah, They're very mm-hmm. political. They're very like present. They're very... Mm-hmm. like. You know, all knowing about what they're talking about. Yeah. It's not just like random metal shit. You know, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. And and that's something that's weird to me that like it took this album coming out for them to be like, oh, this has like some political commentary. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did you not listen to fucking Master of yeah, Puppets? Exactly. Like that whole album has mm-hmm. politi- it talks about drug addiction, mm-hmm. war. Like there's so much on that. As I was like, all right, so you guys were just not paying attention. Clearly, mm-hmm. it's probably because there's such great bass work going on um but speaking of the bass work before we move on i actually screenshotted something today that i would like to bring up in that regard uh so uh, once cliff burton died they held auditions uh for a new bass player they got jason newstead uh who was in a project called flotsam and jetsam couldn't tell you dick about them um i'm sure they were great jason newstead was great was uh did two more albums after injustice for all with metallica uh, and yeah, the one of the this is one of the most polarizing albums among the for music fans, but Metallica fans in general because of the lack of bass, and it kind of put a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of the fans because uh, come to find out it was James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich, the singer and and then the drummer, who were kind of behind that. You know, they're like, hey, turn the bass down to where you can just barely hear it, and then turn it down a couple decibels, which is kind of fucked. 
but this is a little excerpt from the Wikipedia article. Uh, Newstead was not satisfied with the final mix and was unhappy that the bass was, un- was inaudible. Uh, Thompson, who was the engineer, was also unhappy and blamed Ulrich for the decision. He tried to quit the project but was blocked by management. Fleming Rasmussen, who did Ride the Lightning and Master mm-hmm. of Puppets and is a fantastic producer in the metal world, uh, was quoted in 2018 as saying, I'm probably one of the only people in the world, including Jason Newstead and Toby Wright, the assistant manager who heard the bass tracks on Injustice for All, and they are fucking brilliant, which is <clears throat> a massive bummer because the guitar work, as you said, is yeah. so strong. As I was mentioning, the drum work on this is, in my opinion, the best out of out of the four uh, album run from yeah. Kill 'Em All to AJFA. And so it's like, damn, you had so much good music shit going on. And then there's people that have heard the bass work on it. And they're like, dude, it was brilliant, too. And you guys just didn't. I don't know, man. Jason Newstead, I'm sorry that you got fucking shafted for so many years of Metallica. And that the last album you were on with them was fucking St. Anger. Because, but anyway, I just had to bring up that excerpt because it is because I like I play bass, you know, and me and my buddy Cody have been wanting to play songs off of this and I'm the one that's like no, I kind of don't want to because how am I going to fuck I want to learn them but it's like what's that? I I can't validate if I'm playing it right cuz I can't fucking hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't know that like cuz yeah, you don't hear a bass. Like you no. don't hear a bass on this. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't think about that till I was actually like reading up on it. I was like, "Oh yeah, there is yeah. really a bass on this. It's kind of weird." Um but that's kind of interesting. I, I'd imagine, like, I don't know if there's if it's out there. If yeah. Someone has a master copy of, you know, with the bass, then you can actually hear it. But, yeah, I'd love to hear it mm-hmm. to see how it sounded. And the, the thing that's weird about it is that previously in that in the Wikipedia page for this, uh, Hetfield is quoted as saying, yeah, well, he was basically just mirroring my parts and with it so loud, with it louder in the mix the things were the instruments were indiscernible from each other and then you get a paragraph later you get Fleming Rasmussen being like no they were actually really good mm-hmm. and it's like so who's fucking and then who's, you get who's years, right years later there's articles yeah. that are like well we were we toured so much back in that day and we couldn't hear so he, that, he, I was like come yeah. on dude like what's what's the truth like just say that you didn't want him yeah you didn't want to hear it like, you guys were you guys were grieving I get it but you didn't have to be a dick like, like it doesn't make sense no like, yeah. it doesn't and it's sad like you said for Newstead to not have that that participation for this great album I mean, yeah he's on the album but he's not and it's it sucks yeah as I good mean, as it is um, and it's funny that this album lost to Jethro Tull at the Grammys for album of the year. That's that. like that's like the notorious story, you know. One won at the Grammys, but the album missed out. And one didn't win until two years after this came out because it was the yeah. music video. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I've, and then I, they won they won a Grammy for the Black album, but that's you know yeah that's that's besides the point. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll tie us that to conversation for another time. We'll it's back the, when, it's the know, Grammys, you really know. And yeah. we talked about that before. It doesn't mean anything. It's just yeah. you know, it's like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who cares? Yeah, like yeah. everybody gets into that. Like yeah. there's no yeah yeah. I will say for me, um, I've definitely had a lot of time with this album. Um, Growing up, uh, my cousins, they had uh, Xbox because they Mm -hmm. had money. And they (laughs) played... Their parents loved them. (laughs) Yeah, they played Guitar Hero 3, Legends of Rock, and one was on this. And that was one of my favorite songs to play of Mm -hmm. all time. And that got me into Metallica. Hell yeah. And it got me into this album. And man was it good to come back to yeah mm-hmm. um not just like just the album in general but everything from the non-existent bass mm-hmm. uh to the guitaring to the drumming to the lyrics to everything about yeah. it this has definitely solidified my favorite album of metallica mm-hmm. um and i think with good reason because every song on this is just killer yeah. It's killer uh back to front the solos on it are insane uh, classic Metallica that's just fucking nuts and I'm like I asked you guys before this I was like what sounds similar to this it's like, uh, kind of hard to put yeah. anything towards it yeah it's like, yeah because of how pretty nuts and it is it is all of that The and it, the reason behind it being hard to find anything like it is all of the reasons you just said and it also this album sometimes gets pegged as a progressive metal album because of the interesting use of time signatures there's no like the verse chorus verse thing isn't isn't really a popular theme throughout it 
and it is you know just really showing off the musical talent of it along yeah. with you know the lyricism is great james hetfield's vocal on this is really strong i think stronger than master of puppets um but yeah it's super hard to find anything like this you Mm -hmm. know because it was and you know the big four of thrash had been around for so long so everybody was doing double bass drumming but in my opinion this is like if you want to capture 80s metal drumming you listen to this album Mm -hmm. because lars was fucking killing Mm -hmm. with this album like the like one for example to go to that that the most iconic double bass roll you'll ever hear in your life like every kid in high school band is trying to replicate that mm-hmm. i can i can attest because yeah, i was one I was of those trying, fucking kids yeah even with guitar I, uh, me and my buddies would like oh let's let's play one like mm-hmm. let's learn one yeah and yeah we'd learn one definitely not the solos we'd learn like the you know the, the regular like part to one so uh yeah definitely had a lot of a big impact on me on not only rock music but metal music and getting into it getting into metallica really opened up like my mind i was like okay this is the good stuff like this is the iconic stuff yeah this is metallica mm-hmm. yeah so. truly was i remember um hearing one on like the radio or something and then my dad bought this album uh when he was doing computer work and we would he lived in lebanon i would go visit him and then we'd drive to fucking salem corvallis all over fucking northern oregon mm. and we would just play this album and just jam out and dude fucking as i was saying as i said off camera earlier like me and me and my brother cody we get together and we jam like as much of master puppets as we still can because we're not 19 anymore and you know it's a little hard on the fingies um and from a playability standpoint we prefer master of puppets because there's some good stuff in there and it's fun to play but this is our favorite metallic album to listen to like both of us agreed we're like injustice for all is much more fun to listen mm-hmm. to right master is just more fun to play i said yeah because there's actual bass in it for me right but and that really says something and then you know we when we all showed up today i said hey let's like listen to one song off of each of our albums like kind of get us into it and jacob flicked me shit because he's like fucking 10 minute song dude and i was like i picked freight ends of sanity it's a seven and a half minute song i said i could have picked picked any of them i could have given you a nine minute or with injustice for all but i fucking didn't and that was actually kind of a a point of contention with the band and with the fans during touring like when they were touring this album they were like they played injustice for all the song one time and they're like we're never fucking doing that again mm-hmm. and they didn't for like 15 years or something and they were like i feel like they felt like the fans were getting bored because they're just playing these like you know grateful dead song. track yeah. length songs mm-hmm. <laughs> like but it kills man still and it still holds up to this day you know like listen to listening to more modern metal and then you go and listen to this and you're like dude this is just leaps and bounds better than all that that's a good shit. point you mentioned mm-hmm. though about the song length being that as long as some of them are and at that time you know before tool was popular and stuff like that you don't have bands doing this maybe anthrax has some songs that are that long but yeah in the thrash scene you know slayer songs are pretty fast and short and sweet but this album for sure kind of like made that more accessible in this genre you know other bands have been doing it before you know mm-hmm. long ass songs but i don't know i remember this being one of the first albums i hear i'm like damn like you said these songs are long yeah and the video for one i remember that watching on that on mtv yeah some of the sampling from the movie they use on there and i always thought i'd hear on the album you don't hear it on the album but yeah uh what a great video uh and watching them play guitar in the studio and it's kind of cool they say for war a man would give his only begotten son Mm -hmm. that fucking line is Mm -hmm. so killer yeah and to i kind of i'm kind of i kind of shit on lars ulrich off camera today and i'll fucking do it again because i don't give a shit um <laughs> just pick, to pick a different spot this so lars like i said this was his best drumming and then after like you listen to the black album and it's like there's they went in a completely different direction and then if you listen to anything that's come out since this is it this is the Mm -hmm. this is the climax of his drumming career and speaking of guitar hero i was very into i played fucking almost any iteration of guitar hero you could think of and they had guitar hero metallica at one point like that was a game that they had and when you played it you could watch like the motion capture because they did full motion capture with the band oh cool and the shortest straw is in the game Mm -hmm. excuse me and this came out like 20 
2010, 2011, mm-hmm. maybe. And they have a video of Lars trying to do motion capture for it, and he just fucks up the intro like five times. <laughs> that dun, dun, dun. and I was like, oh no, uh, no, he can't, he can't do it no more. And then you watch like live stuff of him nowadays, and he's just doing four on the floor. I'm like, that's nowhere near what you used to do, but okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but that's a testament to being like, dude, this whole album was so musically sound, mm-hmm. and there was so much fucking talent on it mm-hmm. that it's insane and it really is you know a time capsule in their career to be like hey this is kind of the beginning of the end yeah of is. their career it is. but it's also the height of it like it doesn't make any sense like master was great everything mm-hmm. before that was great but this was just them showing off like really just big dick swinging on this album and that's why mm-hmm. it's it's my favorite of theirs mm-hmm. and it's in my top five albums of all time heck yeah yeah they're like their solos on this are so nuts mm-hmm um, so crazy like every song on it has an iconic solo yeah every song on it um, the solo on uh, Shortest Straw is insane mm-hmm. um, the one on one obviously yeah. um, the, the, all five of them or how many ever on yeah, one the, yeah. <laughs> the way it starts that, yeah. that opening solo and Justice just... for All that one it has like a just a full like two minutes mm-hmm. before there's any lyrics of them just jamming out mm-hmm. like every song on this is just nuts Mm-hmm. nuts and for them to keep that same like imagine them doing a show of just this album like their hands would be melted yeah like no like at the end of it so um yeah i think it's definitely the yeah. powerful album for not only for metal but for metallica like yeah. really and i thinking about that now you mentioning that kind of makes sense to a certain point where you're saying that this was like kind of at their height at their peak and then everything else after kind of mm-hmm. was like eh. yeah yeah there's there like that. I'll give them I'll give them their credit. There are some really good songs on the Black album, mm-hmm. but they don't hold a fucking candle to this. Yeah, like you know, Sad but True, My Friend of Misery of Wolf and Man, just to spout off a couple mm-hmm. great tracks. Mm-hmm. Nowhere like I, they lose eleven out of ten times to any fucking song off of this. Mm-hmm. And to touch on your point of imagine them playing this full album live, it never happened. Some of the songs on this didn't get played live until 15, 20 years after the album came out, wow. actually. Like Dyer's Eve, I think, uh, To Live Is To Die, I think like both of those were 10 plus years before they were played live, hmm. shit like that. Just wild, wild. That's crazy. And it's in, you know, you read the back, I highly suggest, like, go read the Wikipedia article on this mm-hmm. album, because it was such a, there's just so much going on mm-hmm. that it's just actually kind of, it's a very interesting read it's like shit i almost want i would love like fleming rasmussen or somebody to write a book about this whole process because i feel like he got kind of shafted mm-hmm. a little bit like because he like him and a couple other people tried to leave at one point mm-hmm. i would really like to know what the process was and like get like a tell-all that'd be really cool that would be cool oh god damn dude this fucking album <laughs> there's mm-hmm. just you know freight ends of sanity there's that great drum fill that i showed you guys mm-hmm. earlier cool. um there's some beautiful guitar melodies going on at the beginning of the track Injustice for All. Mm-hmm. Blackened has the, there's a riff at the beginning of Blackened that can just get stuck in your head like it's fucking super glue. That's just, that plays in my head all the time. Um, but I'm glad that you guys liked it. I kind of knew you guys did. It's mm-hmm. kind of why I brought it up. But uh, let's go ahead and do top threes and I'll kick that bad boy off do it uh honorable mentions for me shortest straw and one um one is just such a massive song i would have felt like a clown putting it in my top three but it is easily one of my favorite metallica wow, songs call me out, <laughs> no it's all good i knew exactly that that was going to be your number one uh number three for me harvester of sorrow always been a fan of that one number two uh the title track and justice for all and the number one freight ends of sanity um that one is a has always been a good like a top one of mine that was a good one uh, I'll start it off. Yeah. Sucking it off. Uh, for me, honorable mention was Dyer's Eve. Yeah. Good song for sure. Good one. Uh, number three, Blackened. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the one is in my my top three. It's number two though. It's not. <laughs> it's not one yeah. one. Okay. Um, and then my top song was Afraid and the Sanity. Yes. That was a song I don't think I'd ever heard by Metallica. It was just yeah. Nice. My top. Uh, honorable mention. I'm gonna go one. Uh, I just listen. I've heard that song so many times. Mm-hmm. I've yep. played it so many times on guitar and on Guitar Hero. Um, I feel like Guitar Hero transferred over 
very poorly to the actual song. Um, but, you know, it's a video game. Uh, top three, I'm going to go um, the, the Shortest Straw um, and Justice for All. I think every title track to an album has to be a banger. Yeah. And it's a banger. Uh, and then favorite song also uh, straight the Freight Ends of Sanity. Ooh, uh, nice consensus top song. three. I was loving that song. Hearing, it, I was like, whoa! I have not heard this song. Um, I think I might have skipped over it when I was first listening to this, like when I discovered it. But also super good. <clears throat> also, Eye of the Beholder also really good. Yeah, good uh, Eye of the Beholder, great one. Yeah. If it do, I want Joby. Fucking great stuff. Anyways, that was my pick for this week, uh, which was "And Justice for All" by Metallica. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, you know, put in, uh, just a big fat bow on it and show y'all what's coming next week uh, for episode 53. But we'll be right back to do that. Okay, it's time. It's, it's that time, you know, that time we like the most. I do believe it's that time. It's time for us to um, introduce what's coming for episode 53 of What You Spend. And we just had a great time covering three very good, very, uh, you know, very different music selections from all three of us for episode 52. And I'm interested to see what's about to come. So we'll go in the order we talked today. Matt, why don't you go ahead and kick us off, my man? Oh, it's going to be different again. That's how Hell we yeah. do it. That's it's... how we do it. I'm going back to some of my roots. Uh, so back to 1978, which is when this album was originally recorded. Didn't come out until the mid-90s. But The Misfits, Static Age. Very fast and aggressive album. I uh, got something to say. A lot of inspiration for Metallica behind The Misfits. And mm-hmm. Cliff Burton. And, I don't know. Just a good... Just a great album. Glenn Danzig, you know. Say what you want about them, but the Misfits are pretty iconic for muscly bastard for that era. Thick, short man. And this album has a lot of catchy songs. You know, their catalog's not the huge, the biggest, mm-hmm. the Glendanzig area. I mean, it kind of ventured off after that. Yeah, probably the most tattooed band logo of all time. <laughs> probably, if we're yeah, being right. completely honest. Right. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, Misfits, Static Age. Nice. Let's go. What you got, man? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go something more recent that came out last month. Um, but there's been a lot of singles about it recently. It's uh, Over Mono, uh, Good Lies. Ooh. Uh, it's a kind of house uh, dance album. Hell yeah. That came out a month ago, a little less than a month ago. The last time you and I hung out here, you were playing some of that. That's right. I was very, I was very impressed. Over Mono, Good Lies. And it's a good dog on there, too. Yeah, it's got the dog. Um, this one is kind of a... Kind of like an underground hip hop staple, uh, an album that I really appreciate. Uh, we're going Deltron Thirty Thirty by Deltron, which is Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Uh, you know, you might know him from Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas and, and a couple other people on it. We'll get into we'll get into that a little bit more next week though. But Deltron Thirty Thirty, solid, solid pick. Thank you. Fucking Misfits, Overmono, and Deltron. <sighs> Shit, guys. It's all over the place. <laughs> all over the place once again. Gotta all go. over the place once again. Go. But hell yeah. Yeah, Ollie. All right, dude. Yeah, nice. Sorry. We'll Great stop. comment. I like, yeah, I like that's that. his. That's our sign to sign off. <laughs> I'm Dorian. That's Matt. That's Jacob. This has been What You Spin in Episode 52. Have a great week. Stay cool. Stay hydrated. It's getting hot out there. And we'll catch you next time for What You Spin in Episode 53. Peace out.